Coffee Conversations about Influence Marketing is brought to you by Influential, a strategic consultancy that takes the guesswork out of influence marketing for your brand. We provide much-needed strategically crafted frameworks on how to implement influencer campaigns specific to your brand needs. Good day and welcome to another episode of Coffee Conversations about Influencer Marketing. In this episode, we delve into the world of gaming influencer marketing with Gabby Brondani-Rigo. She's the co-founder and PR manager for Goliath Gaming, which is a South African multi-gaming organization that houses some of South Africa's best gaming and esport talent across FIFA, Street Fighters, Starcraft, Fortnite, Counter-Strike, and so much more. Without any further delay, here's today's episode. Happy listening. Hi, Gabby. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know you're super busy. Um, Maybe to start off, can you please tell our listeners more about who you are and what's your role at Goliath Gaming? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. So I'm Gabby Brondani-Rigo. I'm a co-founder of Goliath Gaming, which is a multi-gaming organization within South Africa. Um, in addition to being the co- one of the co-founders, I'm also the, the PR brand manager, marketing manager of the NGO. Amazing. So what do you like to do in your spare time? So in my spare time, I enjoy being in the outdoors. I'm very active, whether it's going for a run, spending time with my, my two little puppies. How cute. <laughs> and spending time with my, my hubby and my family. So very much like a homely person, outdoorsy person. That's my vibe. Wonderful. So you're obviously very entrenched in the in the gaming side of things because Goliath Gaming, I mean, everyone knows, knows who you guys are. So amazing. But growing up, gamers weren't exactly the cool people. I mean, no one was like, I'm a gamer. And everyone was like, that's amazing. But these days, they are some of the coolest people around. When do you think that shift kind of happened? So I personally think that gamers, I want to say back in the day, definitely had an unfair reputation or stereotype sort of attached to them. Yeah. I think these days you've got the likes of your your Red Bull, for example, which is a really Mm -hmm. cool and trendy brand. They're sponsoring and they're signing gamers as they would big-time sports stars and athletes. So you've got the likes of a Red Bull who's got a Sia Colisi signed as one of the athletes and they've got a a Cajiso Rabada signed as one of the athletes. And they recently signed um, an eSports, a FIFA, a PlayStation 4 FIFA player, Tabo Young Savage Malloy, as their first esports athletes on the African continent. So with from that perspective, when you've got these massive brands that people either take a shining to or feel are trendy and cool, elevating and sort of entrenching themselves within the gaming and esports ecosystem, I think that also sort of elevates it. You've also got um, the likes of your Nike, which is another brand that's got a massive footprint local, uh, globally and locally. They resonate with people in in a really big way, not to mention they're also super trendy. Their campaigns are incredible. They're also quite involved with gamers and NGOs overseas. And most recently, they've also started to to showcase their involvement with Goliath Gaming. So I think when we started to see these big name, trendy, cool brands that people really like look up to and aspire to, I think that sort of shifted and started to package like gamers in a different light. I think that's so right. And also, if you look at the people that you just mentioned, they are kind of heroes to a lot of people and they are definitely cool. So that probably also with a combination of these cool brands kind of open it up to so many more people. Absolutely. And I think that's also what's really cool about about gaming and esports is that not everyone is built 
or a massive fan of your traditional sports. Mm. You've also got people who are casual gamers or competitive gamers. They just sort of enjoy enjoy gaming for fun. They also themselves want and sort of follow these gaming personalities and are part of a, a really big gaming community, which is nice. So in your opinion, when all of this started happening and people became more open to it, is that when influencer marketing also started becoming a part of this gaming industry? I do think so. So just a little bit of context from my side. I am mm. no way a hardcore competitive gamer. So when I was growing up, I was very much, very much casual gamer. So I was into your your FIFAs, your Crash Bandicoots, like that was my big vibe, Crash Bandicoot. So was I. Yeah. I still, I played it the other day again. It was so much fun. So much fun. <laughs> so I was very much a, a big time casual gamer when I was younger. And that sort of paused a little bit, sort of like in my teens and going into my 20s. And I mm. recently got involved mm. on the, the esports gaming side of things in the last three, four years. And from that perspective, I have sort of been looking from the outside in and also sort of looking at the gaming esports industry locally and worldwide with a little bit more of like a PR marketing branding eye. Yeah. When I first started to sort of see from a gaming influencer perspective, I'm not sure if you know of Ninja. So he, Of course. Yeah. I think everyone does, whether it's good or bad. Exactly, exactly. So he's one that stands out quite vividly in my mind. So he was by no means, I want to say, like the world's best Fortnite player at the time. And mm-hmm. he did something really interesting in building a really big audience who was super engaged with him in a big way. And then he managed to sort of package that and make it really appealing to brands. And he started to appeal not just to your typical gaming brands, but also to your lifestyle brands and beyond, which was something very cool. And that was one of the big examples I noticed where gaming influencers sort of started to, I want to say, like kick off. There probably are big ex- or other examples outside of Ninja, but I think, yeah, that's one that stands out in my mind. So from what you just said as well, it's not just gamers endorsing games. It kind of crosses over into your consumer goods as well. Big time. So who do you think was the first gaming influencer? Do you think that was Ninja? I want to say I think so. So I'm by no means like an expert of of the gaming industry and Mm. the worldwide scene. But from my perspective, I would say he's definitely one that that stands out big time for me. Okay, that kind of started changing the game a bit. Yes. And when do you think gaming influencing became a thing in South Africa specifically? So gaming, it's always had quite a big community and a big following in South Africa. And we mm-hmm. have some really awesome gaming media who do an incredible job at profiling the industry and the various personalities in gaming through the years. I do think that the fast growth of social media, where people were basically exposed to gaming influences in a really fast way, making them a lot more accessible than they were before. So no matter where someone was within South Africa, thanks to social media, they could sort of follow the lives and become part of like a growing fan base of gaming influences within South Africa. And I think another big, big factor is when more mainstream media started to shine a spotlight on the gaming industry and certain gamers. So raising their profile beyond the traditional gaming communities. Touching on on the point we chatted on in the beginning about when like your trendy and cool brands started to get involved and partner with various gamers and influencers and multi-gaming organizations. I think it's a few factors that sort of, I think, heightened over the last few years. So it's very, very new, very fresh, very young industry in South Africa. Yeah, it's, it can't be older than about five years. It's, it's really taken root and it's very exciting. Super exciting. 
So in your mind, why do you think influencer marketing is so huge in gaming? For the gaming community, it's an incredibly active and such an engaging community. It's also a community who is mostly online. In this day and age, brands can't afford to not be engaging with an audience and potential consumers online. So I think that's that's a big aspect. I also think it's because gaming and esports, as I briefly mentioned now, it's such a it's a really new and young and fresh mm-hmm. industry within South Africa. So there's so much opportunity for brands to experiment with a relatively small smaller budgets than what they used to to sort of see what works for them in that space. Okay. So I also assume that when you do influence marketing in the gaming space, your platforms are a little bit different to what we used to in like B2C and B2B. Um, Because we generally focus on your Instagrams, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, those type of platforms. But what are those popular platforms when it comes to gaming? So it might surprise you or it might not surprise you, but Mm -hmm. same social online platforms work for gamers and sort of gaming influencers as they would sort of in traditional marketing. So your Instagram, Facebook and Twitter are very much, I would say, the most effective at the moment, particularly within South Africa. I am so surprised by that. Really? Yo, I thought you were going to say like Twitch, Twitch all the way. <laughs> so Twitch and YouTube are obviously two really big um, gaming and, and esports content channels. The only, yeah. I want to say like slight hindrance is that in South Africa, data costs and access to the internet is a really big hindrance for a large part of the population. So while Twitch and YouTube are, of course, incredibly valuable channels to leverage gaming influencers on, particularly the ones who have really big audiences that, that subscribe to their channels, that follow all of their content, not everyone at the moment is able to afford access to those streaming services. Whereas from a social media perspective, it's on almost every smartphone held by casual and competitive gamers. Oh, that makes complete sense to me when you put it in a context like that. Because I honestly thought you can say YouTube and Twitch, those are the two to go to. But it makes sense with our data cost in South Africa that it would be a bit more mainstream. Definitely. So personally... You can tell I don't I don't really know much about gamers. Um, <laughs> but when I think of like gaming and influences, all I think of is like guys playing a lot of PlayStation and Xbox and playing like Fortnite type games and they stream for like 18 hours a day and people just kind of watch them. Am I right? So is there a little bit more to that? So to a certain extent, you are right, but there definitely is a lot more to that. So you've got your PlayStation players, you've got your Xbox players, you've got your players who play on PC, you've got your, your players who play on Nintendo Switch. And from that perspective, it's also quite important to sort of distinguish between you've got casual gamers who are, I would say, you and I would sort of fall into that bracket. Very much we play very chilled games, your Worms, your Crash Bandicoots, nothing super competitive. And then on the other side, you've got competitive gaming. So that so the people who compete in gaming in tournaments and leagues online to, to win prize money or to compete for, for the status. So th- there's those two aspects of gaming. From a gaming influencer perspective, they're from all walks of life and all kinds of circumstances. So some are full-time gamers or streamers. Others are gaming part-time while they study or work. So there's really a, a really nice mix from that perspective. What's also quite interesting when you think about like gaming influencers, you've also, particularly in light of this whole pandemic and lockdown, 
mm. where people were sort of confined to their homes, what we started to notice was a lot of your, I want to use the word mainstream influencers or traditional influencers in inverted commas, a lot of them started to post online about how they're really big and avid gamers. So um, Mojack, he's a, a comedian, he's an avid gamer. Casper Nyoves is a huge gamer. Mm. Rouge, Rouge the Rapper, she's also really big into her gaming. Kahiso Rabada, um, our, one of our really well-known cricket players. And mm. a lot of your big traditional sports stars, cricket players, soccer players, rugby players, they're big gamers. So they might not be competitive, but they're huge casual gamers. And in a way, they themselves could also be leveraged as an influencer within the gaming space. Okay, that was one of my questions was, during the pandemic now, and especially when we had the hard lockdown where everyone was at home, you I'm I'm just assuming you would see that big spike in influence or in gaming because people are at home. And those who are casual players would have ramped it up or people who weren't really were at home now and they thought, oh well, entertainment, I can get a bit of a workout because you do get a bit of sweat. Started gaming quite a lot more. Big time. So what we also noticed from a Goliath gaming perspective is that Brands that previously invested a lot of time, money, and efforts into be it physical activations or sports events, they literally had nowhere else to go to start or to mm-hmm. and engage with an audience. And the, I want to say the best way, but it was almost the only way they could actually reach an audience was online. And I think from a gaming perspective, like it just made so much sense to so many brands and almost fast-tracked the growth of the South African industry because it almost funneled a lot more brands in a lot shorter space of time to start getting involved because of the pandemic. Yeah, and I think we saw that across the board in influencer marketing, not just in gaming, where the traditional marketing wasn't always an option, especially with the out-of-homes and things. So, And they started realizing, but wait, our audiences are mostly online now, they on social media. So that was a fantastic way for them to reach the audiences. Exactly. So how does influencer marketing work in gaming? And by that I mean like, how do you even choose influencers? How do you match them with brands? What's expected of them? How do they even promote products? I'm assuming it's a little bit different from what we do normally. Um, to a certain extent, it's the same, but to a certain extent, it is quite different. So the first um, important thing to understand is that, again, as we briefly touched on, that there's a difference between casual gamers and competitive gamers. Yeah. To ide- for a brand or a company to identify the right type of influencers for each of these groups, because your casual gamers and your competitive gamers, while they all fall under the gaming bracket, their audiences are going to be quite different and how they talk to their audiences and what they package and how they package it is going to look quite different from each other. Yeah, so it's also quite handy to know that there are also different routes you can take in terms of influences. So I think an obvious one is looking at individual gamers as an influencer. So you could, for example, work with the best Street Fighter players in South Africa. You can work with the top FIFA players as influencers, the top StarCraft players, top Counter-Strike players. But then what's also quite interesting is the diversity from them. So you've, you could also work with your multi-gaming organizations as an influencer on, the, on their own. So, for the example, if you had to look at a Goliath Gaming, we as, as a team also get contracted to be used as an influencer as the team to push certain products and messaging and that kind of thing. Hmm. That's interesting. How do you, you match brands with a, with a specific influencer, though? Because... In our world, what I, I'm used to working with is like you'd look at 
who their their audience is and then kind of go from there and say, because the audience will be really interested in this brand. This is the way you should be promoting the products, that kind of thing. How does that work with gaming? So much the same. So what's okay. also quite specific from a gaming perspective is that it's very, very valuable to note that when people are getting involved and wanting to work with gaming influencers, so either your individual gamers, your multi-gaming organizations, your teams, or sort of people within your teams, it's important to know that the following is not going to be in the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands as you would sort of imagine from like a, a, I want to say mainstream celebrity influencer perspective. Mm -hmm. So it's very much smaller numbers. I want to say it's almost probably more within the hundreds and going into the thousands. So while it may seem like a much smaller pool, the reach and engage, well, the engagement in particular with, with that particular audience is very high within the gaming communities. Most of you know that Influential is our podcast sponsor, but did you know that my co-host Anne heads up the agency and that is the first ever boutique agency in South Africa that specializes in developing strategy for influencer marketing. Anne and her team are experts in the field and they've spent years warning their skills and knowledge about influencer marketing and at some of the country's biggest PR and media agencies. The moment that you think you might want an influencer campaign, make sure to call or email them first because without strategy, you might not have the outcomes that you would like and are looking for. In addition to talking all things influence on this podcast and also puts together the fantastic influential newsletter that comes out every month. And this is another way for you to keep up to date with the industry. The link to latest newsletter is in the show notes. Check it out. And if you like, please subscribe. And contact details are also on there. Let's keep the conversation flowing. So it, it just makes sense because they're obviously niche influences. So people follow them for a specific reason. So it's a smaller pool, but those people are super interested and engaged. Absolutely, exactly. Okay. So what kind of metrics are really important when you're measuring gaming influencing campaigns? So this would, would be the same as with any other campaign. So it would depend okay. on, on the brands and the objectives. For example, if you're promoting an app, give a referral code, track downloads. If it's purely brand awareness, then to just measure engagement or reach. So from that perspective, it, it is the same as traditional influencer campaigns. Okay, wonderful. So we've just kind of touched on your um, influences in the gaming space isn't as big as our traditional kind of metrics when we re look at our macro influences or mid-tiers even. They're more kind of your micro, maybe going into your mid-tier influencer definition space. Is there any kind of like nano influences in gaming and are they kind of important as well? Yeah, so I think they definitely are. And I think what's also quite important to, to understand from a gaming perspective, in some instances, particularly on the, the PC in PC gamer influencer side of things, building a, a, a really solid gaming PC doesn't come cheap. So often mm. what you'll find is people who maybe have a really, really small audience, but they, they're following are people who can afford to, to build and put money into these big, I want to say like these rigs almost. Rig is probably yeah. not that word. Yeah, but they are people who would be able to afford more premium priced products and that kind of thing. So from that, Got you. Yeah, if that makes sense. 
that makes complete sense. Um, so what kind of brands would kind of use gamers as influencers, you reckon? So I think at the moment we're looking at literally any and every kind of brand. So you've obviously got your obvious ones. So Acer and Predator are are two really well-known brands within the gaming perspective from a hardware perspective. So your gaming laptops, your gaming PCs and that kind of thing. They are one of the examples who's who's quite involved in terms of a partnership with Goliath Gaming with our players. Then it also, it's starting to broaden out across the board. So you've got, um, as I mentioned earlier, you've got Nike, who's now involved with Goliath Gaming. Mm-hmm. They're starting to sort of put their roots into the, the esports and gaming scene within South Africa. And now Nike is is very much a traditional sports brand. Yeah. And they're starting to sort of diversify because that's kind of the way the world is going. So they're another example, another obvious one. You've got your Red Bulls, which makes complete sense. Yeah. You've also got a lot more of your, your non-endemic brands getting involved. So you've got, for example, your your Mr. Delivery, your Debonairs, they're getting involved from a gaming perspective. You've even got the likes of like your Nivea, who is now starting to talk to um, your gamers from a more lifestyle perspective because that's the thing. At the end of the day, gamers are just normal everyday people. So so any, any and every type of brand could talk to a gaming audience as long as it's packaged in, in the right way. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm to ask you. Nivea is a very interesting one for me. Like I understand Nike and Red Bull because it's all kind of connected to like kind of athlete aspect. Yeah. And then even like a Mr. D or Debonairs because they're busy gaming, they're ordering food, right? Yeah. I get that. But Nivea, like how <laughs> would you package that for a for a gaming influencer so it makes sense for their content? So, so one example which I would use of that is if you wanted to take one of the, the top FIFA players in the country, he has a pre-match or pre-tournament regime that he does. He will probably mm. run just to sort of um, get physically active, get the blood pumping, just so that he can think clearly and that he's feeling like awake and sharp and ready. An extension onto that pregame regime could be that he needs a good facial cleansing regime before his game because that will, again, wake him up, make him feel good. If you feel good, you will probably play better just from the psychological aspect. And that's where the likes of Anivia could organically plug in. Okay, that makes sense to me. It's more, it also takes into account the lifestyle of the gamer, not just when he's physically playing. Exactly. So I put it that way. Okay, that makes sense to me. So why do you think influencer marketing in this space is so successful globally and also South Africa? I think because it, it really talks to a really engaged community and a very loyal community. So mm. if you can, as a brand, can come into to the gaming or esports space and sort of start building those genuine relationships with gamers and with the, the broader gaming community at hand, and it does come across, it needs to come across in a very genuine way. So if you're sort of just going to put together a campaign, run it for like a week or two, and then the gaming community never hears of you within a gaming context again, it sort of comes across as a little bit disingenuous. So to try and commit long-term to really get that buy-in because once you've got loyalty from from gamers and the gaming community, you've got it for a very long time. Okay, so gaming focuses more 
on your ambassadorships and your long-term campaigns rather than your once-off campaigns? Um, you could definitely use it from, from a once-off campaign perspective. I'll, I'll give one example of that. So um, LG, for example, have launched the new OLED TV range and one yeah. of those um, TVs are perfect for serious gamers. So what they're doing is they've now partnered up with two of South Africa's best FIFA players as a once-off campaign um, to promote the TV range. And what they're doing is having these two FIFA heavyweights go head-to-head in a best-of-three FIFA show match that will be streamed live to Twitch. So it's sort of incorporating a whole bunch of different factors. It's promoted on social media. It's also profiled through the media from the perspective of these 20,000 rand up for grabs for charities. So the winner will walk away with 10,000 rand for their charity of choice, 5,000 rand to the runner up. And then a viewer who tunes into the stream or engages on social media will win 5,000 rand for their charity. And all of this is to sort of drive a bit of awareness and hype and buzz around this OLED TV um, with these two FIFA players as one big spectacle for this massive spectacle of a new gaming TV, which is really cool. And that's okay. an example of a once-off campaign. Look, it might be a once-off campaign, but I feel like it's a very well thought out, very well strategized campaign that leverages across kind of media, not just influence marketing, but PR and marketing as well. Absolutely. Can you maybe tell us about one of your most favorite campaigns um, that you've worked on before in this space? So I think one one really cool one, it's actually coming up this week. It's uh, Okay. Can I say that? Or I'm not sure if that affects the timing of of the. No, you're more than welcome to say the date, maybe. Oh, cool. So it's uh, it's a campaign that Goliath Gaming is running um, this week with Nike. So in a bid to to promote the the Nike Training Club app and the Nike Running Club app, Goliath Gaming together with Nike are going to be leveraging our players as influencers to profile and promote and raise awareness and education about why physical activity within the gaming and esports space is so important. Obviously, people understand why being physical and active is so important for your health. But a lot of people don't really understand putting two and two together about how being physical and active can directly affect positively how you perform in a game. Okay. Actually make you a better player. So from that perspective, um, we are going to be doing some really cool things where one of our um, FIFA players, Julio the Beast Bianchi, he's one of South Africa's top PlayStation 4 players on FIFA. He used to be a, a, a pro soccer player in his teens. So from his perspective, um, it's going to be a campaign led again on social media where he's going to be drawing those direct links about when he was a, a pro football player, why was physical activity so important? And now he plays FIFA on the virtual pitch as one of South Africa's top FIFA players. Why is it so important? And from that perspective, he'll be sharing some of his favorite workouts for gamers within the Nike app, be it stretching because you're sitting at your PlayStation or playing with your console and um, sitting at a desk or, or just getting out and getting a run in with the Nike Running Club app just to, to get your your blood flowing and your oxygen going so that you can really perform at your peak. So I think, yeah, that's quite a cool one that sort of, again, talks to the lifestyle active aspect that I think a lot of people might not associate together with gamers. Do you know what I love about what you've just said about this campaign and also all through our conversation? It's that gaming influencing seem to be hyper 
focused on finding the right matches for those brands that kind of incorporates that lifestyle. This FIFA player was a professional footballer. So he's, his content will come across so authentic because he's lived it. You haven't just gone and said, oh, this player, a gamer is amazing. They speak to the right audience. Let's just hoi him into this. You've actually taken the time to make sure that it will be authentic for those audiences. Spot on. That's exactly it. I love that. I hope that happens across influence marketing all the time because that's something we preach. (laughs) (laughs) So when you are busy with these kind of campaigns, is an agency partner important to you? And by that I mean, is it important for you to have an agency that's very experienced um, in this kind of influencing, who's implementing, who's overseeing the bigger picture for you while you do the other nitty gritty thing? It definitely is super valuable. So from that perspective, the agency should definitely be actively involved in a particular genre or community, because just like you've said, in terms of working with gaming influencers, it's important to work with someone, if it's not the agency themselves, for them to partner up with someone in the gaming community who sort of understands the space and who understands the various gaming personalities and profiles and influencer options, just mm. advise on the best fit. It also helps if that agency does have experience and to see, well, within that perspective and to see what does and doesn't work and what has worked in past campaigns from that perspective. And obviously with, with the gaming influencer industry being being quite new and quite young and quite fresh, it is sort of an experimental game. But I think it, so even if an agency is not, I wouldn't say if they don't have to be experts in gaming influencers, but to at least have the right partners or the right networks of people who do understand the space definitely plays a big part. And it is yeah, super valuable. Is there any specific things that they should be able to measure or and report on that would add even more value to you at the end of the day? I think it would, again, depend on the type of campaign. So I think mm-hmm. traditional measuring, um, as with any other influencer campaigns, is valuable. So I don't think it, it takes anything specific or anything special in that regard okay so basically just have a good understanding of the space and have the right kind of connections so that you can deliver the best campaign exactly love so um can you maybe give our listeners like three top tips on where to start if they've never done influence marketing in the space before where should they start so the first would be we briefly touched on it earlier, to understand the difference between casual and competitive gamers and also understand the different options that are available to you. So do you want to work with an individual gaming influencer who is a player? Do you want to engage with a team? So it could be, for example, you could partner up with an entire Counter-Strike team as an influencer or you could partner up with a multi-gaming organization as the influencer Or you could also partner up with streamers and content creators because that's also the the gaming influencer spaces is very diverse in the types of influencers you could work with. The next step would be, again, to to focus on quality versus quantity when it comes to followers and that kind of thing. An important thing I would say is to get creative. So a lot of your lifestyle brands are starting to tap into the gaming industry. You've obviously got most of your 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 tech and hardware brands which are obvious brands involved in the gaming industry so there's quite a lot happening so try and get creative to really stand out and leave an impression with the gaming community 
another t- another top tip I would say is don't be afraid to start small to test the waters because I think for a lot of brands the gaming and esports world can be super scary like it seems like a whole other world and it can be absolutely and it can be quite daunting to to think okay this is a space I literally know nothing about this is the first time we want our brand to get involved like we don't actually know where to start so I would say start small there's no need to sort of commit to this massive thing it's and like I said because the the, the gaming and esports industry is it's it's new it's young it's fresh there's really an opportunity to experiment start small expand and change your approach as you go once you find what works for you and and how best that impacts your brand those are really really good tips um and i think anyone who wants to experiment should start now because like you say it's still small um if it doesn't work for you it's not going to be a huge loss as it might be five ten years from now that's it but if it works you kind of get your foot in there first and you make a big impression exactly i love that Uh, Gabby, that comes to the end of our conversation. Thank you so much for educating me and all our listeners on influencer marketing and gaming. And hopefully it kind of piques the interest of other marketers to go start having a look at it. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for for having me and letting me share my experience within the, the gaming influencer space. That's a huge pleasure. Thank you. So lastly, where can listeners connect with you online if they want to find out more about you, they want to find out more about Goliath? So I'm Gabby Brondani Rigo on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And then it's Goliath Gaming ZA also across all platforms. Wonderful. Everyone go and follow her. Go follow Goliath Gaming. See what they're up to. And if you have any questions, I'm sure Gabby is very open to answering those questions. Anytime. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Gabby. Have a good afternoon. Thanks. You too.